Good afternoon. I'm Carmina Constantino. Dateline Philippines begins right now. Welcome to the program. Despite optimism from the country's economic managers, the World Bank says the Philippines will not hit its 6 to 7 percent growth target for the year. Warren de Guzman now joins us on the line to tell us why. Warren? Thanks, Carmina. Well, the World Bank has lowered its growth outlook for the Philippines from 6.4 percent to 5.8 percent. And that's a sizable uh, reduction. The main reasons for this are the contraction in public investment due to the delayed passage of the 2019 national budget and the spending ban on new projects before the May elections. World Bank senior economist Rong Chan also noted that despite the budget being passed in April, a long procurement process of the Philippines as well as the inability of local government units and national government agencies to absorb and execute the sudden deluge of infrastructure projects will make it difficult for government to catch up with the spending plans for 2019. The World Bank also does not expect government to hit its budget deficit target of 3.2% of GDP for this year. As of the first half, it is only at 0.5% of GDP. Uh, the World Bank actually expects growth in the Philippines to be slower compared to Vietnam, Cambodia, Laos PDR, Myanmar, and Mongolia. Now, they also shared their outlook for East Asia and the Pacific. They are expecting slower growth as well for their region. They're looking at 5.8% in 2019, so that's at par with the Philippines' uh, projected growth. Uh, meanwhile, one of the reasons for uh, this slowdown is actually the U.S.-China trade war, and World Bank lead economist for East Asia and the Pacific, Andrew Mason, actually noted that while there are some positives that some nations are enjoying, including Malaysia and Vietnam, getting more business from trade diversion, again, because of the U.S.-China trade war. Nixon does not believe those benefits will last. Again, during the World Bank report today, Nixon said, while there's been some trade diversion, in the short run, uh, countries like Malaysia and Vietnam have benefited. But in the medium and long term, we do not believe uh, this will compensate for the adverse effects with the trade dislocation and what it means to be in a situation of so much uncertainty. Warren? Nathan believes the... Yes, Camina. Yeah, Warren, before I continue, I also want to talk about that part of the World Bank report when it said uh, the Philippines continues to suffer from the lack of competition in the country. Can you tell us more about that as well? Oh, absolutely. Well, this was shared uh, uh, by, again, uh, Ms. Wong, uh, the, the economist in charge for the Philippines, and she, she says that the Philippines suffers from a lack of competition. Philippine markets are highly concentrated and markets in manufacturing, wholesale, retail, agriculture, and transport and storage that are usually open for competition appear to be highly concentrated, suggesting market rules and regulations might be hindering competition. She went on to say that the Philippine manufacturing markets are actually uh, more concentrated than those of regional peers with a higher proportion of monopolies, duopolies, and oligopolies in the market. But the World Bank stopped short of criticizing the Philippine Competition Commission, uh, which is tasked to break monopolies and encourage competition. Uh, the World Bank says the PCC is actually doing a great job. It's just that the agency itself is relatively new. And the WD also notes that based on its discussions with the PCC, uh, they actually have more things to do than they have the capacity to do. So the World Bank right now uh, saying that some of the consequences of this lack of competition includes higher prices and poor services in telecommunications, transportation, logistics, 
and power. The World Bank is also suggesting a review of state-owned enterprises in non-infrastructure sectors. Uh, as these, is that this is actually another barrier to market entry. The WB says at least one firm in 11 out of the 17 non-infrastructure sectors surveyed is actually controlled by the Philippine government, including finance, insurance, retail, and construction. The World Bank is suggesting a review of these state-owned enterprises or government-owned and controlled corporations to determine which can be privatized or rationalized, particularly when the GOCC also holds a regulatory role. So mm -hmm. it's all in the uh, re report that we just released uh, this morning, uh, the Philippine Economic Out Update, uh, the October 2019 edition, entitled Resuming Public Investment and Fast-Tracking Implementation. Lots to work on, but there are some positives as well. The World Bank noting that Revenue collections have actually been improving for the Philippines, and this can be attributed to uh, the second round of excise tax increases under Train Package 1, hmm. as well as other revenue efforts. Karina? Yes, Warren, did the World Bank report also say anything about how much of a contribution uh, will it be if uh, the Philippine Competition Commission um, is successful in opening up um, the state-owned uh, enterprises, for example, to private entities. Uh, did they say something about that? Well, the World Bank said that it, its uh, suggestion actually is based on very preliminary information. It does recommend closer study by the government itself uh, regarding uh, which of these uh, GOCCs uh, should be opened up to privatization. Uh, but again, they do note that there really is uh, no remedy uh, compared to increased competition. So they, they would just like the competition to increase yeah. uh, in all of these key sectors mentioned in the report. And again, they stress, they believe the PCC is doing a good job. Yeah. Uh, we are trying to get the side of PCC Chairman Arsenio Balisakan regarding this. Uh, but again, uh, what the World Bank has said is the PCC relatively new right now. Uh, so any gains from its efforts uh, will actually be seen uh, over the medium to long term. Kamina. All right. Thanks a lot. Good stuff there. Warren de Guzman joining us on the line. Thanks again. There is enough circumstantial evidence to hold Police General Albayalde accountable for the controversial 2013 Pampanga drug raid. That's according to Senate Blue Ribbon Committee Chairperson Richard Gordon. But while there's no hard evidence linking Albayalde to drug recycling activities, Gordon believes the testimonies of retired police officers give weight to the narrative that Albayalde was aware of what happened after the operation. There were five generals at least yesterday, and this General Lacadin uh, dropped a bombshell. And he said, Tinawagan ako, and he said, uh, all of a sudden, sabi mo, uh, hindi naman ako kumita niya, konti lang. Albayalde's mistake is he keeps calling people. He called Aquino. When you take it together with the other evidence, the approaches to Aquino, and the failure to follow the rules, the failure to supervise it correctly, that is, at the very least, neglect of duty and at the most, graft and corruption. Gordon adds the Senate is pursuing more witnesses and evidence for its upcoming hearing. These include tracing confiscated cars, as well as other personalities involved in the controversial drug raid. The easiest path to investigate is Baloyo. The harder part is to get whoever is above Baloyo. And the, and the very, very clear guy is Albayalde. If we get Santos, I think he'll crack. And some of them, including perhaps the Laksamana, 
I'm trying to chase certain evidence that will make them crack. Follow the paper trail. Pero ano nakikita Cars. I talked to the ambassador of Korea, gave him a letter. It is a very good friend of mine, Ambassador Han. We need this guy. We're not, we're not gonna, he's not gonna be able to, we're not gonna be able to prosecute him, but he can be a good witness that talagang nangyari ito, na siya. Turkey has launched a military offensive against Kurdish fighters in Syria, leaving at least five civilians dead in that assault. Here's the full story. Turkish warplanes taking off marked the beginning of that country's new offensive into northern Syria. And with it, airstrikes in areas held by Kurdish forces and artillery fire. The Kurdish-led militias, the Syrian Democratic Forces, say the explosions are creating panic among the local population. The buildup of Turkish troops and their Arab militia allies on the border has lasted for days. Just hours before the offensive started, videos surfaced said to show a convoy of American troops leaving the area. Turkey's President Tayyip Erdogan says his military is creating a safe zone clear of the Kurds, a place for refugees who fled Syria to resettle in, also a buffer between Turkey and Kurdish fighters they consider terrorists. An SDF spokesman, though, Ahmed Musa, released this statement. The world knows the reason behind the attack on northeast Syria. Therefore, we call on human rights organizations, democratic countries, the European Union and the United Nations to take a stance against the Turkish attack. Anyone that is not moving against the Turkish attack is considered a supporter of it. It's notable that the Kurdish statement doesn't mention the United States. The Kurds are decrying the decision for U.S. troops to leave the area as a stab in the back after years spearheading Washington's efforts in Syria. And the SDF is now making overtures toward Moscow and the Syrian government in Damascus as the U.S. withdraws a new chapter in the complicated tangle of alliances in this eight-year conflict. In the hours before the offensive began, U.S. President Donald Trump tweeted that the cost in money and American lives was too much to justify his country's involvement in the, quote, endless wars of the Middle East. The dispute between China and the NBA intensifies. All of the NBA's official Chinese partners have suspended ties with the league and a fan event in Shanghai has been canceled. All over an NBA team official support for pro-democracy protests in Hong Kong. The fallout continues between China and the National Basketball Association, following a since-deleted tweet by Houston Rockets general manager Daryl Morey supporting the recent anti-government protests in Hong Kong. Chinese organizers on Wednesday canceled a fan event on the eve of an NBA exhibition game in Shanghai between the Brooklyn Nets and the Los Angeles Lakers. The Shanghai Sports Federation said the cancellation was due to the, quote, inappropriate attitude of Moray and NBA Commissioner Adam Silver. Huge banners advertising the game were also taken down, and a Wednesday afternoon press conference with both teams were delayed indefinitely. Today's media availability has been paid Thank you. Thank you. Why? This comes after state broadcaster and tech giant Tencent refused to air or stream exhibition games set for this week. Chinese sponsors also pulled out threatening the NBA's business there, said to be worth more than $4 billion. Moray has since apologized for the tweet. But NBA's Commissioner Silver on Tuesday defended the league's right to free speech, further angering Chinese authorities. 
the long-held values of the NBA are to support freedom of expression, and certainly freedom of expression by members of the NBA community. And in this case, Daryl Morey, as the general manager of the Houston Rockets, enjoys that right as one of our employees. NBA fans in Hong Kong backed Silver's position. I don't think so. He's, he's missing up sports with politics. I think he's, he was speaking as a US, uh, U.S. citizen on, of, uh, on this occasion. And I really, I'm really grateful for his support and the support of the majority of the U.S. citizens. Basketball is the most popular sport in China, with about 500 million people consuming NBA content. U.S. President Donald Trump takes a jab not at Beijing, but at two NBA coaches over the league's rift with China. Sought for comment on China putting pressure on the NBA over a team official support for pro-democracy protests in Hong Kong, Trump instead criticized two NBA champion coaches, Greg Popovich and Steve Kerr, for avoiding making any harsh comments against China. Popovich and Kerr are critics of Trump. The Chinese are wrong to be putting pressure on the NBA, sir? Well, the NBA is a different thing. I mean, I watch uh, this guy, Steve Kerr, and he was like a little boy. He was so scared to be even answering the question. He couldn't answer the question. He was shaking. Oh, oh, oh I don't know. I don't know. He didn't know how to answer the question. And he, he'll talk about the United States very badly. I watched Popovich sort of the same thing, but he didn't look quite as scared, actually. But they talk badly about the United States. But when it talks about China, they don't want to say anything bad. I thought it was pretty sad, actually. Um, It'll be it'll be very it'll be very interesting. They have to work out their own situation. The NBA's they know what they're doing, but I watched the way that like Kerr and Popovich and some of the others were pandering to China and yet to our own country. They don't it's like they don't respect it. It's like they don't respect it. I said, What a difference. Isn't it sad? It's very sad. To me it's very sad. the boxing ring to the Senate and now to the box office. Fighting Senator Manny Pacquiao is headed back to the big screen. He's starring in an upcoming historical biopic as General Miguel Malvar, the last Filipino general to surrender to the Americans during the Philippine-American War. This new movie poster gives us a look at the Pac-Man in that role. Like Pacquiao, who crossed various industries, Malvar also played multiple roles in society. He was a farmer, trader, politician, and a revolutionary leader. The film is set to hit cinemas next year. And that's today's edition of Dateline Philippines. Thanks for joining us. I'm Carmina Constantino. You can watch highlights, recaps, and exclusive content of our shows online. Subscribe to the ANC YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter.